broadcasting to you from our remote Pittsburgh studios, north of the steel city of Pittsburgh, PA. We bring you episode 43 of our podcast, Steel City Sports Talk. My name is Alex Brown. And I'm Ryan Berry. And together we are your hosts for this podcast. You see, I put a little extra, a little extra oomph on that steel there, Ryan. Steel City Sports Talk. Uh, and we are your hosts, as you know by now. And it was a tough week for the Steelers and a great week for Pitt. Let's yeah. start with the Steelers. Well, it's a disappointing loss, 27-17. I mean, just nothing could get going other than that first drive. Uh, it started out good. Uh, amazing drive. A uh, great pass by Ben. A 45-yard, 47-yard pass, actually. No, 45 yards. Uh, to pass 45 yards? Yeah, 45-yard pass uh, from Ben Roethlisberger to Deontay Johnson for the first score of the game and uh, the longest touchdown of the Steelers season. Uh, but the rest of the game was horrible. Um, it started uh, the next quarter when Aaron Rodgers got a touchdown uh, on the run, and then um, Aaron Rodgers threw it to Randall Cobb. You don't hear that a, very often. Randall Cobb has been a uh, Steelers killer over the years. Yeah, you don't hear it very often. Aaron Rodgers getting a, uh, rushing, a rushing score. But it was just bad all around. Receivers couldn't catch passes. Najee couldn't gain yards. Uh, other than a couple times, and when he did gain a lot of yards, there was holding calls. The offensive line was atrocious. Ben played bad, uh, and it was just bad all around. Defense played terrible other than the last couple quarters. Last couple, I guess, maybe final quarter, I'd say they played all right. But other than that, they just played terrible. I think they played good in the okay in the first quarter, too. But once you got into the uh, – because uh, they didn't give them any, any points in the first quarter. They got The Packers seemed to get whatever they wanted. Well, yeah, once you got in the second and third quarter – but after they they were um they got a strip sack in there too by Chris Wormley but that was the only bright spot for the defense really um, the rest of it was was very poor uh, but you got a couple of calls against you in that game on special teams Joe Hayden being called offside on the field goal that he blocked Ryan that was a ten point swing yeah it wasn't if you don't know that it's a tie point game going in overtime uh it's a I mean tie point game it's a tie yeah, game going in overtime with uh. I mean, but it is. I mean, we lost by a 10. It was a 10-point swing. And that momentum-wise, also, that's huge. I mean, if you block that, you're, it's tied to going into halftime. Steelers, 4 of 11 on third downs. That was a major uh, sticking point in that game, as you could see. And their third down calls were horrible. They were 0 for 2 And fourth, fourth downs. Down. Fourth down calls were even worse. I mean, who's calling who's those? Who's calling the plays? At a certain point... Um, you can only blame Ben so much because Ben has a heck of a lot to do with this, Ryan. Heck of a lot with this with this offense. But then Matt Canada says we're going to stick with what we know. And Tomlin. And Tomlin sticks by it. Tomlin says, "Okay, that looks like a good offense." What he sees in practice, that's that's incredible. How can we have those types of people on on this coach? Why do you throw it short of the sticks on fourth down? You'd be better just to run it on fourth down, fourth and eight, than throw it behind the sticks. Better just run it with Najee. You have a better chance of getting that first down. If we if we say this is Ben Roethlisberger's fault, which I believe it is, uh, these play calls. Do you, what do you think, Ryan? I don't know. Do you think it's Matt Canada? I, I mean, it's both. It's a combination, but I think Matt Canada is an enabler of Ben Roethlisberger because I think he feels that it's Ben still Ben's offense. He Ben's got to realize he's thirty what thirty eight thirty nine years old. Thirty seven. I don't think he's thirty seven, but he, um, you can look that up. But he's they're enabling him. And these dink and dunk, dunk throws throughout the game are costing them major, major opportunities. On fourth down, they're, they're, he threw a pass to Juju Smith-Schuster that was at his, uh, it was like at his shoelace mm-hmm. level, and then he, it's not even close. And he thinks he's going to make it on that play. 
Well, there's so many. I mean, the, the Packers get to him right away. Yes, the offensive line stinks. So he has to throw those quick passes because he has no time to throw it down field. Every time he drops, drops back to pass, he's getting hit. The offensive line. I said last week that they hopefully that Zach big Banner comes back. I said last week on the program, Ryan, and you call me out on it that I said they weren't that big of a problem. Remember I said that? Yes. Uh, that, that when I'm looking at that game, that was the worst game by far. Worst game by far by the offensive line, and you could see how uncomfortable and how distrusting Ben is with that with that O line. There is no consistency from any of those players except consistently underwhelming. What do you think so, Ryan? The offensive line, I mean, they're missing Zach Vanner, uh, but they've been missing him all year, and it's just been terrible. Terrible, it hasn't gone better, and it's getting worse, which is <laughs> which is bad to see. It is. With that being said, though, Ben Roethlisberger did throw for more yards than um, than Aaron Rodgers did. And he only threw it four more times. Yeah. He, he, ben was... Uh, and Juju did say he should have he, yes. he had that yes. pass. And that, that deep pass, and I think that was the third quarter, and he just missed it, just missed it, and it was a good throw by Ben. Ben, if they keep on trying those throws over and over again, I think sooner or later they'll get a couple of those to hit in a game time. But if that hit Ryan, that's a completely different ball game. Because I believe at Definitely. the time it was like a ten-point game, and that'd been huge. Yeah, there were a number of those plays that could have been made. Uh, some passes were overthrown. Some passes should have been caught. Uh, it's just those plays. I mean, you get them every game now. Uh, I think the Steelers will beat the Broncos because the Broncos aren't good. The Broncos are three and one. They played some terrible teams. Their wins, really bad teams. And I think Bridgewater might be out. Too. And yeah, Ben, I'm hoping he's a bounce back week. I think he will probably. I think he'll have his best week of the season this week. But uh, I mean, he, the fans are. Oh my gosh. I mean, why is he taking? Why is he getting blamed? Why is it just? Him? I mean, he's part of it. But why is it just him getting blamed by the fan base? I don't know. I think I I heard on the radio this week somebody put it like this. The Steelers would be more happy right now if he, if he walked off the field and never like the fans. I should say the fans, Steelers fans, would be more happy right now if he walked off the field and he's already played his last at Lambeau and now he already played his last snap. They want him benched. Like how how can you turn on a guy that quickly when he's won you two Super Bowls? He's been so pivotal to the franchise over the past 15, 16 years since he's been here. He's brought the, the organization so much success, and and it comes to that. I mean, it comes down to five games this season where he's not been great. I mean, you got to have – not four games, I should say. Five games. It feels like five games because it's been – Three games. He was good at Buffalo. He was he was good at Buffalo. He was okay against Solid the Raiders. In Solid in Buffalo. Um, and But it comes down to like a couple games here, Ryan, and you tur- – and he I mean, he Ben has always had bad games. Like, but the thing, it's not his arm. Yeah, it's not his arm. His arm is not the problem. It's his legs. He he used to be able to escape pressure, get around. I mean, he he was always big. He wasn't as big as he is now, but he was always big. But he was young and mobile. He could get away from rushes. He didn't run the ball, but he got away from pressures. He could stiff arm. He's lost the stiff arm. He's lost the ability to get away. And with the offensive line that he has now, he needs that, and he doesn't just he doesn't have it. I don't know if it could be fixed without the offensive line being fixed. And uh, that brings up the question: Why did they draft Najee? Najee is going to be a great court player. Why did they draft tight ends? Why didn't Why did they draft him in the second round? Uh, tight ends and running backs are easy to get. You get them. You get you get them uh, 
after you get the offensive line. The offensive line takes time to build up. That's why you draft the offensive line first. And then once the offensive line gets good, then you get the playmakers, the running back, and the quarterback. You don't get the running back first with a terrible offensive line. If there's no good offensive line, the running back doesn't do anything. Mara, we talked about that back in April before the draft, Ryan, and how we said that they should get an offensive lineman first round, worry about running back, maybe yep. another O-line second round. And they uh, didn't do that. They got a... They, they didn't do that. They didn't get a. They didn't even get an offensive lineman in the second round. They drafted Pat Firemuth. Who's who's going to be good? They could both be really they, good players. They could both be phenomenal. But you're never. They're never going to be uh, great on the Steelers if they have a bad O line. They're never going to be great on the Steelers. Uh, it, it's it's crazy to me how that they can think that they think in training camp that that O line is going to be good. That, oh, this offense doesn't look bad. This offense looks good. How can you think that when you look at that? And if they really thought that coming out into the season and they think that it still looks okay now and it looks good enough to stick with it, then every one of them should be evaluated in a psychiatric institute. But ben, Big Ben, Ryan, he looks like a 60-year-old man that just got off of a, a double knee replacement surgery. Like, it looks like you've got both knees replaced. You can't move out there. <laughs> he just came off elbow surgery, and, yeah. and it looks it's, like... Yeah, it looks like he looks like they took his knees away, too. Well, yeah, his arm has been okay this year. It's more about his mobility. Have you ever seen Tony La Russa run? Like, Tony La Russa on the White Sox? He came out of the dugout one time this year, arguing a call. And you know, like how an old man... Like, think of a picturesque old man run, Ryan. It's like shuffling down the hallway. And like he's shuffling, and that, that looks like that looks like Big Ben in the pocket. <laughs> I, it it's, does. It's crazy. Uh, if how many how long is his leash this season though? Uh, Seriously, uh, if leash? I were the coach, I would give him at least three more games. I think so too, and that's out of respect. <laughs> that's just out of respect, and uh, that he's done for the organization. But see if he does. See what he does. Yes, I think each win gets. And you put you put Rudolph in, leash. not Haskins. You put Rudolph in. Yes, I think and I, I don't know if that do. You, don't you think Haskins has a higher ceiling though than Rudolph? He hasn't shown it. He hasn't shown it, but in the preseason it looked pretty good. That's also the preseason. Rudolph, I thought looked good in the preseason. I thought, they both I thought Rudolph looked solid. He does look solid. But next season, but this, I think this is why I said this briefly last year, but I didn't stick to it, which is my fault. Um, the move on from Ben Roethlisberger last year before because we didn't we knew it was up in the air whether he was going to come back or not, and he came back. And now you have next year, you're, you're stuck with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, and maybe you get if you maybe you draft a quarterback in the draft, but you need a line. So I don't know what you do in that situation. But let's say they don't draft a quarterback next year, and they are stuck with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. That's probably going to be a wasted season. And then you wasted both two seasons because you you were afraid to get rid of Ben. I think next year, I mean, uh, the odds came out for who would be starting quarterback next year. Ben's at plus 950. Well, and there's, I don't think he's going to And Rodgers is at 200. That's insane. Rodgers is not going to be the quarterback no, of the Steelers. No way. No, way. That's, no chance. They, they put him at the best odds to be the quarterback next year. Which is insane. It won't happen. It's insane. That's, that goes against everything the Steelers have done in their in their 100 years of business. I mean, that goes against everything the Roonies have ever done, Ryan. And that will, I, I can't see that changing. I can't see them going out and hire, and not hiring, but uh, signing a big name like that as, to be their QB because they're going to have to pay them an exorbitant amount of money. We see the love fest 
that Aaron Rodgers has for Mike Tomlin. But what has Mike Tomlin done in the last 10 years? Seriously. The Steelers, Nothing. Nothing the, in the playoffs. Yes, the Steelers have been the most underperforming team in the last decade in the NFL, and I don't think that's even close. They had A.B., Lev Bell, and they had a great defense with Big Ben, and they couldn't put anything together. With that, times was seen as the best O-line in the league, and now we've seen how that's fallen over the last five years. Three years, in fact. And now this week, Denver Broncos travel to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for the matchup. It's going to be a good matchup, Alex. This should be a close game. Uh, Denver comes in 3-1, and one, uh, riding off their first loss of the season against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They took a shellacking on, uh, on offense. They couldn't score at all. And then Lamar Jackson did what he had to do and scored 23 points to get the win. But it should be a good game. Uh, some injuries for the Steelers. Chase Claypool, James Washington, McFarland, and uh, those are really important ones, are, uh, yeah. are questionable. And, of course... Denver's got more of the problems, Alex. Yes. Teddy Bridgewater is, had a concussion uh, two weeks ago, and he didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, we haven't gotten the Thursday. Melvin Gordon? Yeah. But, uh, no, I'm talking Bridgewater. Melvin Gordon, too. Melvin right? Gordon, too, yes. But uh, Bridgewater didn't practice Wednesday, and I think that leaves him in serious doubt for uh, Wednesday. And I think, uh, for, for, I mean, for uh, Sunday. And I think if he plays, I think I think Denver might has an excellent chance of beating the Steelers. But if Drew Locke plays, Steelers win. Um, but yeah, but Bradley Chubb, he's on, he's on injured reserve right now. He's not playing. That's a, that's good. That's good news for big Ben. Bradley yep. Chubb's not playing. Melvin Gordon. He didn't practice on Wednesday either. As you said, uh, as we KJ Hamler, the former uh, Clemson wide out Ryan, he's out for the rest of the year. You got Jerry Judy's out right now out till week six. So some of their big targets and big players on defense, Patrick Sertain too. Uh, out of Alabama, the rookie, he has a chest injury and he's questionable for this week. So they're really hamstr- uh, hamstrung right now. Yep, I mean, injuries are always a problem, but it's especially a problem for the Broncos. Uh, but their wins haven't been very impressive this year. I mean, of course, they played the Jets 26 nothing, and the Jets are bad. They played Jacksonville, beat them by 10. Jacksonville's not as bad as they think, but I think the Jets are actually better than Jacksonville. And then the Giants, they beat as well, which are all terrible teams this year, Alex. And they got yeah. shellacked by Baltimore last week. So it's going to be, I think, a good game because the Steelers aren't playing the best football at all. Yes. So hopefully it's a st- the game the Steelers. Actually, would you consider this a must win for the Steelers? Absolutely, it's a must win. I think it's a must win since it's at home. Uh, if it was on the road, it'd be different. But since this one's at home, Ryan, it's must win to prove to your fans, hey, we can still we can still win a couple games here. I mean, Big Ben's not out to pasture yet. We have to deal with him for, for, for the rest of the year. He has to play. We have to support him the best we can. And I think if they lose this game, the entire city will turn their back on them for the rest of the year, and they will not be able to get them back. I mean, the fans are – I'm afraid what the attendance is going to be like on a Saturday oh, it's or gonna Sunday. Le- it's going to be less than what the pit brings in if they beat Virginia Tech. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, we'll talk about Pitt in a second. But let's do, Ryan, our uh, picks of the week this week for the NFL. Our pick six picks of the week. Last week, Ryan, we did uh, we did seven games. I was five and two. You were in four and three. You're still pick up on me, though, because you had that great uh, week three week. You had a great week three. And uh, – I'm ten and nine. You're eleven and eight. Totally, um, on the total. To- totally on the total right now. And uh, let's get started. Jets Falcons. Give me the Falcons. That's uh, give a me London the, game. That's in London. Give me the give me the Jets here. It's a, it's kind of a toss up. Both teams are one and three. The Jets coming off a great win. 
Falcons are coming off a bad loss. I like Zach Wilson. I think he's been playing good, and I think he's a better quarterback in this game. Uh, that, you think he's a better quarterback than uh, Matt Ryan? He's playing better right now than okay. Matt Ryan is. Fair enough. Uh, that'll be an interesting game. It's at London. They always give like the, the Falcons or like the Jacksonville Jaguars to London. That's uh, the teams they always bring over, and the Jets too. Um, I'm, I said I'll take the Falcons. Um, Broncos and Steelers. We just said it, Ryan. You said you'd take the Steelers. Yep. And I'll take the Steelers as well. Well, hopefully that works out. Uh, next one is the Saints and Washington. Uh, give me the Saints, but I don't trust either of these teams. Uh, same with me. I'll take Washington, but I don't trust either team either. And that one's in Washington too, so that, that might make a difference. But the Saints have been uh, bad on the road um, this year. Uh, you got. Well, they also gave up a bad loss at home to the Giants last week. Uh, then you got the 49ers at the Cardinals, Ryan. I'm going to take the 49ers. I'm expecting a letdown game from the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals here. I don't know how they're going to let down. I mean, they're playing some great football. They really are. Uh, I mean, coming off a big win last week. Kyler Murray looks like the MVP candidate right now with Justin Herbert. And the thing is, though, Andrew Gauz, our uh, chalkboard analyst, yes. mentioned him as a potential at the MVP. Of the yep, bef- at in the our first week one, or as our week one NFL best of the week segment. So if you're not checking that out, make sure you go check that out. Week five is up right now, so make sure you go check that out. But I mean, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Car- Kyler Murray is playing amazing. I think the Cardinals are playing amazing. I think the 49ers aren't playing very good, and I think. The Cardinals will get this one and move to five at five and zero and stay the only undefeated team left in the NFL. How about James Conner? Back to back years on being the longest, uh, the longest NFL team without a uh, loss in the season so far. He was with the Steelers last year when they were eleven yeah. and zero. Now he's with uh, the two Cardinals. touchdowns in his last two games yeah. or four touchdowns yeah, in his last two games. Two, two touchdowns games. each game. He's been phenomenal this year. Uh, that shows what happens when you put him behind a good O line, right, Ryan? I mean, they put him in those uh, goal line situations. Yeah. And, you they gotta get put, the extra push. That's what you gotta do. You gotta put people in position to su- succeed, and that's exactly what they're doing. He's and he's capitalizing. Bills and Chiefs. Give me the Bills. Uh, I can't trust the Chiefs defense. I think the Bills will pick them apart. I give me the Chiefs. I think the Bills will uh, do very well against the Chiefs defense, but I think the Chiefs will do better against the Bills defense. Interesting. Uh, Browns and Chargers. I give me the Browns. Unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say it. The Browns are just playing some good football. A good win against a good Vikings team. Although the Vikings are 1-3, and three, they've had a really tough schedule with a lot of close losses. Giving the Browns in this one in a close one. I'm going to take the Chargers. The Chargers have been uh, too good for me to pass up recently. Um, they've been firing all cylinders. Justin Herbert looks phenomenal. Brandon Staley, their head coach, has done a remarkable job on both sides of the ball with his insight. And he's a young guy too, a disciple of uh, Sean McVay. And uh, those guys are going to be sought after ever more so now, especially with uh, that connection um, to Brandon Staley as well. Um, and those are your picks of the week. Um, we'll see how those go. I, I t- we we definitely on how many of those picks? Five. Five picks. That's phenomenal. And it's going to be a topsy-turvy week. We'll see how it ends up at the and end. And now let's talk about the number one offense in America, the number one offense in Pittsburgh. The best team in Pittsburgh by far. The best team in Pittsburgh, Pitt football. I mean, they're coming off a 52-21 win at Georgia Tech at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Bobby Dodd. 52-21. This offense is on another level. Kenny Pickett is playing like the number one quarterback in college football. Say what you want about the competition. He's playing amazing. And this is the Georgia Tech defense that gave Sam Howe and DJ Uyungle fits. 
just complete fits, Alex. They let up, uh, and they, uh, UNC only scored 21 points, and, uh, DJ and, and and eight sacks and uh, DJ only scored fourteen points. So I mean, say what you want about who's pitch, who Pitts played this year in the competition if they played, but their offense is playing amazing. And against they played against a very good Georgia Tech defense. And you can also mention that Western Michigan's defense is ranked number twentieth in the country. And Pickett still threw for six touchdowns against them. Pickett wasn't the problem in that game either. Pickett has not been the problem all year. It's been the defense. But that was what really stood out to me, Ryan, is after that first quarter, that first touchdown by Georgia Tech, that defense came to play. They were on them, and they, they were they, – like, they, they gave up 21 points. They gave up 21 points. They gave up a lot of passing yards, but they didn't let many people get over them, over the top of them after the first quarter. I thought they played decent. Uh, I think it would have been bad. If they didn't make those stops, and they made three fourth down stops in, yeah. with, with an inside the uh, twenty yard line, and but they've let up way too many yards, way too many big plays, and that'll hurt you against good teams. Georgia Tech is, is an okay team; they're not a good team. Not a good team. I agree. But uh, I mean, Pitt did what they needed to do. The defense stepped up in some big plays. John Patrician and uh, and uh, Cam Cam Bright made those two first oh, two yeah. interceptions. Give credit to uh, Baldonado and uh, Alexander on those, also for getting the uh, hit and the tip. But yeah, the defense at the tone for the game, and the offense followed suit with Israel Abinikanda. I mean, if he's not starting against uh, Virginia Tech, I don't know what Narduzzi's he's doing. Uh, I mentioned him at the beginning of the year as my uh, as my player to watch on offense. Yep, I may have gave you a little advice. On you that gave one, me a little Alex. advice. I, you gave me advice. Uh, you're the pit expert here. Yeah, uh, but by uh, all means, Vincent Davis had 50 yards. Uh, not not terrible, but I mean, Izzy. Just looks amazing, Alex. He, and, and Ronnie Hammond is playing good too. Uh, I think Ronnie Hammond, he's he has some speed. One thing I just really know is I I haven't picked up on it, but now I definitely did last game. Is that Izzy and Rodney to get those extra yards? They have to they ram you and they just push and don't stop pushing with their legs. Vincent Davis, he can't legs. do that. Wow, he can't do yeah. that. He has to do a little move. He has to do those spin moves and stuff like that. That works sometimes. It doesn't work all the time. But tackling, I mean, when you t- play these really good tackling teams. It's not going to work very often. I like Vincent Davis, but I think he's a little small. I think he's okay. I think he's a good backup in college. I don't think he should be the starter. Is he? The, do you think he's better goal line back? No, 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 no. They put him in that role. Narduzzi and not Narduzzi, uh, Whipple and uh, Andre Powell, the running backs coach, said he was their one yard guy, but he's not looked like it at all. I mean, no. against. Uh, what was it? New Hampshire, when we got that first touchdown, he it's got like stuffed Benny three Snell. times in a row. Yeah, it's like Benny Snell. And then they had to run it with Kenny Pickett, but then they put uh, Rodney Hamden and Izzy, and they get those they get those yards. They get them, Alex. Also, I want to mention real quickly, back to the Steelers, Benny Snell I just mentioned as a comparison to Vincent Davis at the goal line. Um, Benny Snell was in the game for a portion of that. And he dropped a pass. And he dropped a pass. What is he doing in the game? Release him. Release the guy. I mean, what is he? He's clogging up space on that team. He's done nothing productive. I, I, I think you have to make an example out of somebody. This is unacceptable offense. You make an example out of somebody. You fire, you fire, release, and whatever you have to do, get rid of him. Back to uh, Pitt, and uh, I'll turn my nice voice back on for Pitt because uh, they did nothing wrong really to me. Um, the red zone offense, Ryan. Remember last year we picked apart the red zone offense and how bad the play calling was. It's been by amazing. Whipple. Five of six in the red zone for scoring opportunities this week. That's phenomenal. It's unbelievable this year what they've been doing in the red zone. Complete turnaround. I mean, the passing game has just been incredible. 
I mean, uh, Taysir Mack has been a good red zone target. And Lucas Krull, I, we sa- I said it. I said it. You did Lucas say it. You said it. You would said make it. an impact in the red zone, and he has, Alex. He, boys, he had. Uh, he doesn't catch. He, he had that one drop at the beginning of the game, hit off his helmet, but the rest of the game, he was great. He doesn't get that many catches no, a he game. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. When he does, he makes them count. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he only had two receptions that game, 45 yards, but he had a 29-yard catch. Let's talk about all too. these receivers Phenomenal. Alex. Jordan Addison didn't even have his best game of the year. He had, a bad, he had, he had a bad drop. Yeah, you, he didn't even get the most yards on the team. Yeah, he had a bad drop, but he had some really nice catches and some really nice plays. Uh, and Taysir Mack got that long uh, touchdown. 55 yards. Yeah, 55 yards. Taysir Mack's been playing really good. He's been catching the football. Lucas Krull had 45 yards. Gavin Bartholomew had 222 yards. The freshman tight end, he's going to be an all-ACC wait, player. Wait, wait till Krull gets he, out of the way. Yep. Uh, Shaku Shaku, an okay day. He had uh, his one catch that he had. He got a lot 21. of nice extra yards on it. 21 yards. And uh, Jalen Barden, he had that one catch for 15 yards. And then Izzy had two catches for 15 yards. And Jared Wayne coming off injury had one catch. And Jaden Badley, the freshman, yeah, uh, just had one in garbage time. I think the more you get Jared Wade involved, and I understand the circumstances that he was injured the previous week, but the more you get him involved, um, you, we've seen what he can do by throwing the ball. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. And I think the more and more you get him involved in the offense, the better the offense will be. I like that call they had with Daniel Carter. I like to see him get involved. Yes. He was running back last year. He's turned into a fullback this year. And I, I like that, those play calls with him. On defense, what do you, what do you need to see better of? Um, obviously, the passing uh, I think tackling wasn't great. great. Yeah, the tackling hasn't been and, great uh, all year, no, but it's been better. No, he said in that one big screen pass that Georgia Tech had, he said uh, – you should you should know when the whole entire uh, when the running back runs right by you that it's a screen pass when he doesn't touch you and that's what happened. No one he ran right by them. No one touched him. No one realized that he ran right by them and he got that seventy five yard uh, run. And you were talking about um, that that um, that touchdown that they had in the first quarter where they got over top of them on defense and the uh, who's that Brandon Hill that was uh, tired and didn't wasn't able to sub off. Yep. You tell that story for us, Patterson. Yeah, we said it in our I said it in our pit recap yes. video on YouTube. So check that out if you have in our pit Georgia Tech recap. Phenomenal recap. It's a Steel City Sports Talk on YouTube. I don't know if we mentioned that. The or best not. pit recaps in Pittsburgh, as we have the best pit talk in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Brandon Hill was winded there trying to saw moth. Naruzi said he was sucking wind, and he said maybe uh they got they got they caught wind of that. Uh, Jeff Simmons did. And they threw it deep, and he was just wide open for a touchdown. They felt all the air being sucked in his direction, and they uh, all threw it in that direction. Um, but Jeff Sims was good. He was. Uh, other than the two interceptions, uh, he, he played a very good game, and it, it looked like it could be a long day after the start of that game, Alex, when he got that first like yeah. a 30-yard run, the next play is an interception. Like, okay, we got this. Calm down. But, yeah, it was a great win, a 31-point win against a Power 5 team is good no matter who you play. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, um, especially when it's an ACC game. It, all, it makes it all the sweeter. And um, when you have these ACC games, it doesn't matter who you play. It doesn't matter the record coming into the game. Every game is has to be perceived as you have to play your best to beat that team. And they played their best, well, pretty close to their best, at least on offense. Um but you, once they, if they keep on continuing that level of play, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to win most of these games. You got Virginia Tech not this week, but next week, as Virginia Tech has a big game this week against Notre Dame, uh, which you better believe Pitt's going to be uh, salivating um, 
through, salivating while watching that entire game, Ryan, as they're going to be wa- they're going to be slaving over that film, continually watching and watching and watching that over the next couple weeks, and uh, not couple weeks, the next week, as they're getting ready for their game. Yep, hopefully they're rested, get the injured guys back, and uh, prepare for Virginia Tech. That wraps up our pit talk, Alex. It does, and um, let's move on to our winners and losers of the week, Ryan, and there were a lot to look at. Yep, I'll start with mine, Cincinnati. A big win at Notre Dame and a tough atmosphere. Uh, they put them into number five in the AP rankings. In my rankings, I had them at uh, number four because I thought they're. I think they're playing better than Penn State, a better resume than them. But uh, yeah, it was a big win for them, and if they can win out, they'll be in the college football playoff, no doubt about it. My second winner is Oklahoma State. They had a big win over a ranked Baylor team, and that moved them up pretty high in the rankings as well. They've been playing good all year, and let's hope that continues. I don't know why. Let's, hope that. let's see if that continues. Yes. Yes, let's see if that continues. My third winner is the Los Angeles Chargers. A big win to prove to 3-1 and one in the season against the Raiders. The Raiders were undefeated going into that game. And just a really, really big win for the Chargers. It really is. And that team's been playing phenomenally as of late. Justin Herbert, I mean, he's playing yes. like an MVP. He really is. Uh, my first winner is going to be the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox, not many people thought they were going to be a legitimate contender for the playoffs this year. But they led the division for a large portion of the season. And they faltered off that. The Rays took that spot. But then uh, they invited the Yankees to come to Fenway Park for the wild card game. And the Red Sox handily. And I mean handily beat them 6-2, to two, and the Yankees are an embarrassment, a laughingstock right now of at least the city of New York. And New York has not been very successful recently with their sports teams, that's for sure, uh, except for the New York Islanders who have been the only good team in that city, and that's saying something. Um, but the Red Sox, how about that? Very impressive. Alex Corley they hired back after his cheating scandal. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I would assume he's not cheating this year. I would hope not. Or at least he's... If he's cheating, he's found a better way to cheat where they can't fight, figure it out. But uh, he's back. Uh, Kentucky uh, Kentucky University football is my second winner. Um, Kentucky has been playing phenomenally. Uh, I got reached out to on our, uh, a, a listener from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Mr. Matt. Uh, Mr. Matt reached out to me, and he— Mr. Matt? Yes, that's his name, Mr. Matt. And he reached out to me, and he went to Kentucky University. And he wanted us to uh, put them down as a winner of the week, and that's what I'm doing. Winner of the week, Kentucky, because they've been five and zero. They've been playing pretty good, and now they have big a win against Florida, and they, they have another they, big, big game this week. Florida. Who do they play this week? I, I know it's a good team, but I think, LSU. They play LSU. Yeah, this week. yeah. LSU's I remember coming. in that ESPN college football yes. pick them. Like I remember they had a good team. I but think I LSU's exactly going to win this week, though. You hear it here first. LSU is going to beat Kentucky this week. But uh, right now they're a winner. I got Kentucky right here in that game. We'll see how that goes. Absolutely. Um, and then my final winner is the Arizona Cardinals, and that goes without saying they're undefeated. My first loser is the Oregon Ducks. A bad loss against Stanford, Alex. And they had a, they had a really good chance to make the college football play. They still have a chance, but not as good of a chance. And that's why they're a loser losing to a two-loss Stanford team. And my next loser is the Maryland Terrapins. What a bad game. A blackout game. They, they never play good in those blackout games. Sellout, almost a sellout crowd against a really good Iowa team. And they just... just they laid an egg. They did. They played terrible. Lost by... Uh, lost 52-21, to 21, Alex. I mean, Blown just out. terrible. Blown out. Talia Tagovailoa. Maybe he's not as good as advertised. I don't know about that as far as I used to say, but he's definitely not. He definitely shouldn't be in the Heisman conversation. No. No way. I mean, people are putting them in his top five and they're missing Kenny Pickett. That shows how overlooked 
the ACC is unless you're Clemson. That shows just how overlooked you can be if you're not one of those blue bloods. And, that, and that, that's a shame. Who is that it for you? And my final no, loser yeah. is the Tennessee Titans. The Titans, a bad loss to the winless Jets. Uh, just, I mean, they were missing uh, two of their top receivers, which uh, put more of the focus on Henry. But it was still a bad loss. You lose to the Jets in overtime. Uh, and just a bad loss overall. I mean, what else can you say about it? You can't, you can't say much more. Uh, they need to be better, and hopefully they get – they had 17 guys yesterday, Ryan, on the injury report. 17 guys. That's how banged up they are, and they hopefully they can get some of those guys back so they can continue their success because that division's not good at all. The division they're in, they're lucky. Um, my losers are, as I said earlier, the New York Yankees. New York Yankees are a laughing stock in the MLB. You spend that kind of money. You trade away those kind of picks, Ryan, for Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo, and that's what you get. Uh, that's what you get. You lose the game. Um, Garrett Cole, you spend $36 million on him, Ryan, and he stinks. He's a completely different uh, pitcher without that spider tack. Without that spider tack, he's a completely different yep. pitcher. He really is. I mean, is, is it really that big of a difference for him that he has to whine like a baby after he gets taken away from him and he can't pitch? Well, what did he say after? He said something after the game. I don't know, like, I want my spider tack back. Like, remember he was whining about that during the regular season? And, and I mean... That's what you get. He's a he's a whiner, and he doesn't deserve the money he's getting. That's for sure. Yep. Um, my next one is Arkansas. Clay Holmes. Clay yes. Holmes went in after uh, Garrett Cole pitched and pitched two scoreless innings. A lot better than Garrett Cole. Then maybe he should be making thirty six million dollars a year. Uh, but hold the horse. We actually got Hoy Park, yeah. I think. We did back in exchange for Clay Holmes, which lot. is we like more we got players. from Adam Frazier. It felt like. Like imagine what they gave away for Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. Incredible amounts of prospects. Um, they turned away their future, and they can't even succeed in the present. Um, that's a good quote. Uh, write that down, somebody. Um, Arkansas. Arkansas uh, football had a, was dealt a huge blow and a top-10 loss to uh, Georgia. Uh, they didn't score a point, and that was shocking, Ryan, because we, we talked about that. I thought Arkansas was going to win. I thought they were going to at least cover the spread because we talked about that on our uh, Bets of the Week segment the previous week. Um, and then let's talk. And my final loser is the Padres. The Padres have had a very disappointing year. You got, they got Manny Machado. They got Fernando Tatis. They got Yu Darvish. They got Blake Snell. They got all these Joe Musgrove. They got all these. Uh, Joe Musgrove is a man. Is he good? <laughs> Joe, Joe Musgrove. We got a nice trade uh, for him, though. They got rid of him. Um, but uh, that team drastically underperformed. They fired their coach. And now they have to restart next season. So disappointing year, and they're a loser. And that does it. That does it for a podcast. It's another good one. Wait, next week, we're going to be doing a new segment next week. It's going to be our three rivers top three of the week. So that top three is going to be a combination of either um, uh, of, a, of a thing we do. Maybe next week it'll either be Pitt, Steelers. Or it'll, be a, it'll be a Pittsburgh sports thing related each week. So it'll be your top three, maybe top three sports uh, moments in the history and that you've seen in Pittsburgh um, that you can point out maybe your top three. Yeah, and we want to see your guys because we're yes. younger. We don't know everything. We don't remember yes. everything from the yes. past. So uh, some of you Pitt we're fans, we're not old like some of you. We want to hear some of your favorite moments. So uh, next week, what do you want to do, Alex? Favorite favorite moments in, or best moments in Pitt sports history? Um, yeah, how about that you've seen that you've seen that actually that you've actually seen. Because we can't go back in time, like say. Um, yeah, but you've seen not live, but like seen. Yes, but you've that you've seen with your own eyes. 
maybe you've watched the game, maybe you like the Clemson victory a couple of years ago for Pitt. Um, you want to limit it to Pitt football or Pitt basketball? Yeah, you know, I'll name my, we'll name ours that we've seen, yes. and we can. And if you guys comment on Twitter or Instagram, uh, we'll we'll add some of your comments to the uh, to the uh, broadcast. Absolutely, and it's gonna be, and we appreciate uh, you listening as always, and we hope you have a great rest of your week. And Ryan. And remember, we are your one-stop podcast for everything Pittsburgh sports.